It's the Locked On Canes podcast where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by my co-host Cam Underwood on a reunion special. This is our nah, I'm not gonna say it. What's going on, Cam? <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, <clears throat> it took me a second. I was like, was he not saying? Oh, that's what he's not saying. Uh, no, nah, I'm good, man. You know, just hanging out. Um, ready to talk some canes. How about you, man? That's everything. Man, everything is everything, man. It's us. Uh, it's, oh, did you find that that money that you were gonna give me? Oh, uh, because uh, you were looking for it, right? Uh, 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 excuse, what? Huh? Huh? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, now you got connection issues and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. So, um, we have some, today's going to be more of a, a free light kind of day. We do have some breaking news and we'll get to that in a minute, but today's a free flowing conversation. And I said reunion because there was a reunion of Miami hurricanes down in South beach on the, on the eve or a couple of days before the Super Bowl, uh, where we had some gains and they were talking Miami hurricane past and things of things that just went on within the program and it was one of those things that it just got the mind flowing of things of of yesterday's past that we can kind of get into and maybe some things going forward so we'll kind of reminisce about Kane's past and talk a little Kane's going forward so before we get into this thing make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Kane's go follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports you can also follow myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB be sure that you're liking and subscribing, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, anywhere that you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, give us five stars. And as I said earlier, we had a little bit of breaking news. <laughs> Former Miami Hurricane, college football Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, and two-time Super Bowl champion, Ed Reed, it has now officially been named pending a, a background check. Chief of Staff at the University of Miami. Cam, what are your thoughts on this one? This is a multi-level conversation. Uh, chief of Staff of the football program, I should say. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I think that this is, it can be good. It could be maybe not what people are looking for. It, it's it's interesting to me. Like, I, this is the position or a similar position that Alonzo Highsmith was being or had discussions about or things like that and obviously decided to go in a different direction because, you know, coming from a uh, leadership role in uh, the NFL where he was, you know, he had oversight over the scouting and development program. And Alonzo Highsmith, by all reports, wanted oversight. And that means, like, control over things, over Manny Diaz with the football program. So, like, what I say goes, and then that means you do what I say kind of thing. And that's where Manny Diaz pushed back. And they decided that wasn't a fit, and then Ed Reed is coming in to assist. So it's like Manny Diaz is the president of the program. You know what I mean? And then Ed Reed is under him as opposed to having somebody over Manny Diaz. So it's a little bit structurally different, um, and it could be good. You know, I think that bringing in somebody with a name like Ed Reed is a good thing. It's a positive in my estimation. Ed Reed, you know, like I said, is one of the most dedicated players that has ever played the game of football is still a household name. I know some people are like, oh, 15-year-olds don't know Ed Reed. And it lies. BS. They absolutely do. Uh, because Ed Reed has that presence. I mean, people still talk about him as being the best safety they have ever played. You still have all these great players. Even your boy, Tom Brady, who's like, yo, Ed Reed is that guy. He's still at the, he's still a household name. And on that part, I enjoy it. I like it. I think that it could be good. He's going to assist with pretty much every aspect of the program. You're talking strategic planning, quality control, operations, player development, player evaluation. Um, and then assistance in team building, student athlete mentorship, and recruiting as permissible under NCAA rules for those last three things. So that's great, potentially. I could also see where people might not be uh, <clears throat> as enthusiastic about it. I can see why they think maybe this is a PR move only without any substance, how it's uh, basically uh, you put a meat shield in front of a disgruntled fan base because you guys are not winning games enough. I could see both sides of it. Personally, I'm kind of in the neutral but cautiously optimistic side where I'm excited about it, but I need to see, obviously, results. But I don't necessarily see a downside of bringing in Ed Reed to assist with the running of this program. Yeah, I don't really have too many issues with it. My question is, when you're a five-star safety 
five-star defensive back and Ed Reed is, is sent in as the big gun, per se, into the household. And he decides to – and he has some one-on-one time and he says, you know, you want a cigar? You want to go out in the back? You know? Are you going to tell him no? I mean, do you tell him no? I mean, I, you are underaged, but do you tell the man no? He's the greatest safety to ever play. I'm just just curious about that. But beyond that, I'm kind of I'm very much in the same realm as you. I'm very neutral. Um, I don't I can see where, you know, this is a PR move, (laughs) big time PR move. But because I'm I'm saying to myself, where does the where does the player development come in? Does he come out? He can't come out and coach or anything. So can he help out, give some pointers, help out with some film, help a guy one on one every now and then? Maybe. Uh, Can he? Um, can he recognize talent on film? Maybe. But does he have any of those skills that help like an Alonzo Highsmith when it comes to player development, scouting, all of that? Maybe, but not at every position. There's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this position that you I mean, you can't just say he's one thing. There could be layers. I mean, well, there are layers, but yeah, we got to see how he fits yeah. or how I want to see results. what the actual engagement is. I want to see results, but I'm I'm still saying if if he comes into that five star uh, recruits <laughs> household and he has some one on one time, and he I just said, I don't think that he'll be able to do that. You don't think so? I, I mean, I mean, it is a, it's it, it's still Ed Reed, and he kind of does what he well, wants. Well, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking I'm talking structurally from like the NCAA. Okay. I believe that only you know the head coach and the 10 assistants are the ones who are allowed ah, to do true. in-homes. Very you true. know what I mean? So, like, if he is on campus, excuse me, for recruiting events, because, like, George Baez, Jorge Baez, um, is the director of on-campus recruiting or whatever. He cannot do in-homes, but when the events are on campus, he's there. Like, you've seen him on the golf right. cart with recruits at Paradise Camp, official visit weekends, whatever, whatever. So the engagement on campus and off is different. So I do not believe, and I, well, I mean, obviously, I'm on this microphone, so quote me on it, but I don't think that anyone who is not an on-field coach or designated as such for recruiting purposes can do an in-home. For example, um, Jonathan Patkey was not a designated coach when he was on the road recruiting, but that was when we had that 10th assistant spot Mm -hmm. before he actually got that role, and we designated him as that person. David Cooney is not necessarily the wide receivers coach, although, spoiler alert, I expect that to happen, but he's on the road recruiting right now as a designated on-staff, on-field coaching member who can do that. I don't think that there's a spot where, like, a random analyst, basically, even if it has, you know, this nice title, um, is able to do that. However, again, Ed Reed's going to be in the building, literally, when you come on down, when you come and visit campus, when you come to camp, when you come to Paradise Camp, when you come to Junior Day, cookout, uh, barbecue, pool party, whatever, E. Reed 2 baby, he's going to be in there. So you're going to tell me that, like, yeah, you're not going to talk to him? I mean, I wish he would have been here last week when we had a five-star cornerback uh, in the 2021 class who was down for a seven-on-seven event. He came on campus. That would have been fantastic. But, yeah, I think that will be where it is more seen as opposed to on the road. Yeah, I, I just – that's the one thing I've always – in every program has that guy, and I'm pretty sure along the line, along the way, some high-level NFL player has talked to some recruit at some in some way when they're on campus. I mean, Bobby Vowden at Florida State, he just I, – I, and I have a little bit more insight because I unfortunately had spent some time at that other place up north for my education. And I there was a time when I was invited into his office and he shows you rings. And I was like, dude, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan, but cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, you know, I know how that kind of thing goes. I've seen Nick Saban show up to my the high school that I work at, and he literally – pulls up on a, in a helicopter on your field and it's a show. So I've seen every school has their thing. Maybe Ed Reed is that thing or one of the things. And Hey, you know, yeah, exactly. I think that that could, it could be very beneficial in every area of the game. I mean, yes, you can do like film study and, you know, things like that outside of practice, like, you know, not in the meeting room, but Hey, the safeties are, they want to come in and on their extra time, study some film. You're going to tell me that working with Ed Reed in the film room is not going to be beneficial? You're going to tell me that 
And again, this is a guy who intentionally played a coverage wrong mm-hmm. for two seasons to put it on film for one look and one throw against Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And did it and still, you know, but it's good enough where he played it wrong and still made the plays just so he could play it wrong when they played and then play it right and get an interception. This is the kind of intellect on the field that we're talking about. They're not going to be assist or, you know, uh, improved with that kind of assistance. Please. Like, come on. Yeah, I think I think that that'll be definitely beneficial to the players especially and I think it'll help the coaches too because having a guy like that to kind of help teach techniques because as coaches you're always wanting to learn something different. You may not everything one thing doesn't always work for every player and you may teach certain players with certain skill sets that just are a little bit more I, I don't I hate saying the word special because there are I mean that's reserved for very very good players but special players when you teach them certain techniques because they are different and they can get away mm-hmm. with doing certain things Miami hasn't had a special DB in a while but everyone now and then those type of guys somehow come along and they may be late bloomers but they come around at some point yeah exactly you know and again just the knowledge that he brings mm-hmm. of the game to uh, to the program or back to the University of Miami, I can see why people are excited. Um, you know, and you're talking about player evaluation and player development, that's what he did. Uh, he was an assistant DB's coach with the Bills uh, a couple of years ago, so he has actually worked in football. This is not just, oh, we're gonna pull somebody, you know, just out of the rafters. You know, Santana Moss, who, great player, hasn't worked in the game in that kind of a way. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't coached uh, to the to that level, or even as an assistant in the in the NFL. So, yeah, you know, uh, Ed Reed, and again, he still has all the connections to all the guys that he played with. You know, I know we're going to talk about that uh, reunion special, but I mean, he could talk to he can call up Ed Reed or Edron James or Brian McKinney right now. I mean, they all played together. You know what I mean? Like any of these guys who are you know legends of the U and things like that. Hopefully, get them to you know come in and assist and things like that. I mean, if if you work in the game of football and your phone rings and the number pops up as Ed Reed, you're answering that call. I don't care who you are at any level of the game, whether that's Optimus, high school, college, NFL. Like, he still has that cachet and sway. It's how, what is the actual structure of the position? What are the things that he's going to be asked to do? And how is that actually going to work? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. And I will definitely be keeping our eye on this thing because – uh, anytime you see a legend come back, I mean, that's been the thing about Miami is versus every other school. We can at any point in time, legends come back to just simply work out with the team just to get ready for their NFL season or just to hang around. Because um, like we'll talk about in a bit, that whole you thing, when you throw up the you, it's a whole kind of family atmosphere versus when you go to somewhere like Alabama, I know they have their little thing. Uh, they they call it Bama Sci-Fi or whatever, like they're a fraternity. That's cool and all, but it's not it's not the same as uh, when at all. It's not the same. I know every other school has their thing, but it's not the same. No, and it, it's not. You know, and it's a thing where, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation uh, with a friend about something like this. If you have to go out there and say a thing, it's probably not true. You know what I mean? Like if I were out here saying, you know, like. Oh, like, you know, my voice is low and like, if I'm saying, oh, I have a great voice. Oh, like this, 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 like you would say, no, you don't. Like, why are you telling me that? It should be something that I realize, exactly. you know, and at the at the secret day job, like I have people all the time. We're like, oh, my God, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like appreciate it. I used to sing. I've done announcing like whatever, whatever. And like, yes, I centered myself in that conversation. But you get my point. If I'm if you're sitting out here and saying, oh, I'm the greatest, I'm this, I'm the best, I'm whatever, 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 like. I don't necessarily believe that, you know, like it should be readily evident and, you know, we'll see if that actually becomes the case. And we'll kind of get into that, you know, because Miami has this thing of, of greatness. And even now, uh, even I, I still consider we're still kind of in the dark days. I mean, the dark days kind of started in like 03, 04, like 04, 05. But I feel like we're still kind of going through that recession kind of sort of. So, but regardless they still the NFL still comes to where they go to Bama that's cool they go to Florida that's cool 
They went to Florida State. That's great. But you still have to come down south to get what you want. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, people want to be mad because, I mean, the majority or the largest number of NFL players on rosters comes from South Florida. And specifically, like, Miami-Dade County. And, I mean, there's one program in Dade County, and it's the University of Miami. I don't care about that school over on Cayocho. Look, I used to go over there and hang out after I got off of class uh, on Friday afternoons. We would go to the Rat some, some weeks and like maybe once a month or once every other month, my buddies and I, we'd you know, hop in the car, we'd go down to Cayocho and sit on the set over there and kind of you know, party a little bit differently. But I mean, there's no real conversation about going to FIU if you're a top level player. Like it's the University of Miami. And I would love it if you know, the top local players all stayed here and played for Miami as opposed to being mercenaries and going elsewhere because they don't care about those places. Like, Omari Cooper, when he's not in the NFL, where does he train? Tuscaloosa? Wrong. He's down here in Dade County. You know, like, it's, it's one of those kind of things. So, yeah, I mean, there is talent around, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can see what happens to keep that the top-level talent here a little bit more and then, um, you know, improve and assist in the, the running of this program so we're not in the middling, you know, state that we've been for the better part of 15 years. So now that we've kind of gotten that whole, gotten that, up, that out of our system, I guess, because... Ed Reed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, I want to... I, I think this, the idea of this reunion, bringing them, um, bringing all these, these legends back, I mean, whether it was Jimmy Johnson, whether it was... Uh, Michael Irvin, Ray Lewis, all of those guys. You bringing those guys back and the crowd that it brought. You know, we'll get into that on the other side and we'll kind of talk a little bit of reunion. All right. So it's Super Bowl week and of course it's in Miami. So you're going to, they had to. Wait, where, where are they playing the Super Bowl this year? Hard Rock. Hard Rock South, that is. Wait, Hard Rock Stadium? Like, yeah. the stadium right on 199th and 27th where mm-hmm. the Miami Hurricanes play yeah. their home game? Yeah, right. Really? Where, yeah, really. Are you serious? Yeah, of course. Wow, so that's like, so it's a really great NFL stadium that has been designated to host the largest sporting event in this country this year? Mm-hmm. That's where, and they're playing it where we, the Miami Hurricanes, play our home exactly. games every single week. Exactly. Seven, or every single time that we're home, seven times in the 2020 season. That stadium? I thought that was a dump. I thought that was a, a substandard stadium. I thought that that was a, a detraction from, uh, you know, having a good program or anything. But it, So you're telling me, wait, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really just trying to get my head around this. The biggest sporting event that you're going to see in the United States of America this year is being played where the Miami Hurricanes play their home games for football. Am I right? Definitely are. You really Bro, are. Bro, that's, that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Man, I think people should go to those games. I think they should really look at the stadium as being something positive. I've heard so, so many bad things about the stadium. I heard how, you know, it's so far away from campus and it's a substandard, you know, place. And, you know, nobody wants to go there. You know, you got this lease and things like that. But, wow, you're bringing the biggest show in America to the stadium where we play. Down here in South Florida. That's crazy. And they're going to keep bringing it back because Miami has this thing where you have South Beach, you have the attraction, you have the beach. By the way, it's nice weather, and it's January. About, about to be February. We have very nice weather here. Uh, albeit, it's okay in in, in South in, um, San Francisco, Santa Clara. That's great. But there's nothing like going to South Beach during the week when you come down here for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, say this. you can't do that in Dallas. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah, that stadium in Dallas is great. I've been there, but it's not, you know. Definitely can't do it in New York. To, to go over. Definitely can't do it in the Meadowlands. Look, let me, let me ask you this, though. I, and I know that I was being intentionally facetious and derailed <laughs> the conversation before we went forward. Yes, I know all these things, but I was parroting things back I've heard from uh, the opposition. Uh, before which uh, they can shut up with that Um, how many people do you think saw the changed name uh, because you know that was Carroll City is Carroll City but they've Mm rebranded it as Miami Gardens Mm -hmm. in the last 15-20 years and say okay Miami Gardens this Miami Gardens that how many people 
heard the name Miami Gardens and thought of it as this palatial place right by the ocean and got their hotels there as opposed to South Beach and then driving over. Because I think it's probably a couple and I would love to speak to those people. Yeah, I, I, I think it would be a few of those people have thought that. Um, it, I mean, that area has gone through a bit of a change. Uh, I actually had a chance to come down there for the spring game two years ago. It was pretty uh, – that was my first time in, in um, Hard Rock since they had re- – since they renovated it. And quite oh, yeah. honestly, it's very nice inside. I mean, it's it's very different from being an open-air stadium where if it's out – if the sun's out, it's terrible versus now, I mean, you got good cover. I'm just going to be honest. That's – if that's the one thing you can, you can say, pretty decent – um, stadium's really nice. I can't really. I'm not really. I don't have much to complain about. Uh, I mean, yeah, me either. It's a. It is a good stadium. Uh, I just. I, I want the comedy. I want to see the out of towner mm-hmm. from wherever uh, who came down and thought, oh yeah, Miami Gardens and da da da, and didn't really look on Google Maps, <laughs> and because uh, the Miami Gardens, you know, Miramar, uh, Hialeah area is very different than the South Beach. Uh, you know, and that's obviously, hopefully they just went and went all in and got hotels on South Beach. And that's where yeah. all of the pre-game, <laughs> pre-week stuff, you know, they're doing all the ESPN stuff from the Clevelander Studios, uh, the NFL uh, experiences right there on South Beach. Like, they're like, yeah, they're leveraging the location saying, yes, I know that we're playing the game over in Miami Gardens. We're doing all the NFL stuff on the beach. We're doing, you know, the... Miami Beach Convention Center. We're doing stuff on the sand. And then, yes, we're going to transport and we're going to go over there later. But right now, the destination location is where the water meets the sand. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get through uh, the rest of the stuff on Sunday, uh, you know, over there in, in the gardens. So we had this whole reunion thing, right? And yes. we had some real, real legends. I mean, how many other colleges universities around the country can literally say I can pull what four. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it four because there's going to be one more. There, the other guy that was up there, he's going to be there at some point, Reggie Wayne. You had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, by the way, alumni. I'm just going to call it. That's my alumni, my high school alumni. I'm just going to call it. Um, Ed Reed, um, Reggie Wayne, and Michael Irvin. And then you had a guest star just Walking on the stage, Jimmy Johnson, soon to be Hall of, officially Hall of Famer. What other school can you can Florida do that? I don't know. Can Florida State do that? I mean, they only have one Florida. No, Florida State has one guy, one legit Hall of Famer that I'd even say I could pick out of a room. I'm just gonna be honest. I can give you five linebackers better than Derek Brooks. Let's be. Let's just be real. So you're saying you can pick out Prime and that's it? Yeah, I can pick Prime and the, and and maybe. Bolitnikov, maybe just because he has a trophy, but that's about it. I've met Fred Bolitnikov before. That was a fun conversation that he and I had. I mean, but Oklahoma, no Texas, no Reggie Bush in USC. Mm, Reggie Bush, no nah, USC might have. They might have a little bit to say about that, but everybody else, you don't really. Alabama, maybe, and that's only in recent times, but. I, I don't see anybody else having a TV special in their town where they're saying, look, we're better. We don't even talk about the Dolphins. We're talking about the you, right? And my question to you to start this thing is, why the you? For those guys, it's they had their own personal stories. I've heard, I've, I know the Ray Lewis story because I have a little bit more of a connection there. Uh, well, it goes a little bit deeper, but... For Ed Reed, knowing he, where he came from, whether it was same thing for Reggie Wayne, knowing they, those guys coming from Louisiana and not so great environments. Um, and also, for I mean, for you, what what made the U special for you? Oh, this is a interesting uh, question. Actually, uh, we wrote about this. I wrote about this years ago on State of the U. Uh, we had a, like, SB Nationwide, why I'm a fan or why I'm a whatever, you know, uh, thing for our contributors, and I wrote mine. Um, it was it was just the place for me. You know, I was a private school kid my entire life growing up in Detroit, which had the literal worst public schools in America when I was a child, and my mother, God bless that woman, said that she was going to work uh, two jobs for a time uh, to put me through private school. Um, 
and you know everything else from that. And when I <clears throat> and then she got promoted and everything, so she stopped working the two jobs, but still you know worked very hard and uh, was always there for me. And when I was looking to come uh, from or step up from high school to college, uh, a smaller private school was the fit that I was looking for, and the University of Miami ended up being that place. Um, it was the perfect place for me at the perfect time. It had all the things that I wanted uh, from the residence colleges. You know, I made some of my best lifelong friends there. Um, a really top-notch education, um, and also the ability just to go and let loose. You know, when I wasn't studying, or you know, when I was skipping class, like my math class for five weeks in a row, mm. my freshman year, mm. um, and everything. I mean, oh, hey, look, 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 look. <laughs> my first semester freshman year, I had big fun. I had. Don't we? Didn't we all? Big fun. <laughs> I had so much fun that I got put on academic probation Ooh. and almost failed out of school. I mean, it was bad. I had like a, it was a one point um, something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I even got a C in chorus, I want to say, in one of my choir classes because that was attendance based. And I was like, yeah, y'all can take my grade, but this 10 o'clock in the morning thing, nah, because I was looking at going, it was, it was one of those kind of things. But I say all that to say that it was just, it fit my personality, it fit what I was looking for. Um, it was a tropical location, you know, coming from Detroit, I was like, okay, that's gonna be uh, a, a bonus fringe benefit of getting this, you know, top 50 education that I'm gonna get. Um, there's just so many things, you know, I made some great connections, you know, I was able to work with some wonderful people in a number of different uh, areas and things like that. It was just. It was different, and I toured all kinds of schools. I toured uh, the University of Chicago. I toured Northwestern, Washington, and St. Louis. Uh, my mother made me tour Florida. Ugh, um, why? I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, We're gonna have to have a conversation with Miles, man. I'm sorry. I mean, it was one of those things because she had moved down here to Broward County, so I got in-state tuition there and everything. Because um, she moved before my senior in high school, while I stayed up in Michigan with my other family. Um, but yeah, that was kind of thing. But I mean, Florida was always my safety school. And people were like, what? Even my guidance counselor at the time was like, safety school? And I was like, absolutely. What are you talking about? Um, and I was a nerd bomber at the time. And I had you know a very high GPA. I had a very high test scores and everything. So I knew I was going to get in. Like It wasn't even a question. Um, I toured other places as well. Um, but the first day that I set foot on campus in Coral Gables was different. It really honestly was. Um, and I just couldn't shake that feeling. And yeah, it was just, it was a great place, man. And it still is. And uh, I'm a little jealous of some of the improvements that have been made uh, in the interim time since I was there. Most particularly the practice rooms in the School of Music because I, there were very few of them. And some of the deals that I saw go down to get the practice room from somebody who was going to be leaving that's a story for off the air. Mm. Um, but I mean, I'm thinking of two specific incidents. Those are great. But I mean, like, actually, and even I can say on the microphone, I literally saw two students come to blows over it like it was, you know, a parking space at the mall that you're fighting over. You know, just like somebody, you're waiting for it and like whatever, whatever, because the door opened the one way or like the car pulled out, you know, in the opposite direction and opened the possibility of somebody else to come in. I literally saw people throw hands over a practice room because there were very few. There's way more of them now. Things like that, you know, thing, you know, I'm the new Lakeside Village or whatever looks like a, I mean, that looks bomb. I can't wait to see that. Um, so yeah, I'm a little jealous of those things, but uh, it still just has the every time I go back to Coral Gables, no matter what I'm doing, you know, I, when I set foot on campus, I still get that that same feeling from the first time that I set foot on campus. It's just a special place, bro. For me, while I'm not a, I wasn't a student, but I was a fan from the beginning. I mean, I was about four or five years old when I saw my first Miami game. So that's mid nineties. And while all of my friends living in central Florida, you see a lot of Gator fans. You see a lot of Florida state fans. And I just never liked the fandom of either side. And having a lot of family in Miami, I always doubt there's there's two sides to this. I was I was kind of born into this culture, but they also tried to get me to go to that other to that pro team down there. And that didn't I wasn't having any of that. So um, but just seeing the, the swagger that these team that those guys played with the intensity, like you saw guys dancing on the field. That was very just that that was very enticing to a young kid that sees 
just, oh, when I'm going to score a touchdown, I'll hand the ball back to the ref. And nah, 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 nah. I like that. It was it was a different type of of atmosphere. And, you know, growing up, I always said the, the Miami Hurricanes were the were the Raiders of, of college football. Uh, if you kind of see that parallel where they were the bad boys and they were, I mean, but it wasn't in like a, a cheap, dirty type of hit you late kind of way, but it was just, they were everything everyone else wanted to be. Whether it was running through the smoke, dancing after touchdowns, taking your helmet off, having superstar players, you know, all of those things brought me to wanting to be part of this to the point where at some point I said, I thought about going there. I almost was a Georgia Bulldog coming out of high school. That would have been interesting. Somehow I ended up up north. That wasn't all that great. Um, Very far up north. Florida yeah, State, not Florida. Yeah. I just want to put it out there. Yeah, I was because, far north. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. South of Georgia. Yeah, basically. I mean, but, you know, when, when the money's there and the test scores are good and, well, they accept you and, well, Miami didn't, I had to do what I had to do. But – Nonetheless, while I'm on campus at said Florida State, I'm still rocking orange and green and I'm everybody's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, while some people I know, I'm not calling any names, our social media guy, go holler at him, Corey J six three. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Wow. He was a former Florida State fan before he became a Miami Hurricane as a student. Um, go holler at him on Twitter and give him all the smoke. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was one of those things where I just I I went I had so many arguments. Hey man, I'm the best. We are the best. So that was my thing, and it was just something about this school that, um, and especially when you're beating Florida State and Florida on a regular basis. I mean, I I've, I've only seen three losses. Maybe no, yeah, three losses to Florida in my lifetime. Three, three. We, no, we I'm sorry, two, 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 sorry, two, 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 like, two, huh, oh, nine two. and then this past oh, nine, year. Yeah, oh, nine in this past year. Yeah, so I've only yeah. seen a loss to Florida twice, and I haven't seen a ton of losses to Florida State. I mean, this, I mean, that, this, that, run. This, that, that run, but that, yeah. I, I've, see, I have this thing, I have this thing where I have a, I have selective memory, and, you know, like, Everyone talks about like we know I'm the I'm the New England Patriots resident I'm the new resident New England Patriot right so Ooh. yeah so I, they say New England lost two Super Bowls I never saw it so I don't know anything all I know is Brady's perfect same thing I've never saw any Florida State losses I don't know what you're talking about you should see the look of disgust on my face. <laughs> like we're not gonna do this we're not no. gonna do we're not doing no, this no. today no we're not look. The only reason that, you know, like the highs are so high because the lows were low, you know, like you got to have salty to understand sweet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got to have sour to get, you know, like hot or like cold to understand hot. Like you cannot just have it all the time. It cannot be the same kind of thing at all times. Y'all took some L's. Y'all took two L's in the Super Bowl to crispy ones. And you probably should not have. But you did. And that happened. But you're able to get through that because you also had the glory. Multiple, 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 multiple times. I mean, you got five? Six. Don't, don't, don't shortchange me. Don't shortchange me. I, I honestly asked, and I wasn't even trying to troll you. Okay. Six. Look, my Detroit Lions have never been to the Super Bowl. The last time that we were NFL champions was before the NFL-AFL merger back in the 50s. Okay. I haven't even gotten to that stage. So if and when we win another playoff game, because that's only happened one time in my lifetime, I'm going to celebrate that. But you've also seen, like, unfortunately, many, many spectacular losses by the Detroit Lions. You've seen them in big spots. You've seen them in playoffs. You've seen them on Thanksgiving days. You've seen all of those things. I'm not going to sit here if they win ever, ever, and pretend like those things, those times didn't happen. Just like I was telling you off the air, my one of, actually one of my best friends, my good best friend Nick, he was like very patriotic and everything. So he said, "Cool, the in the New England Patriots. I'm a Patriot. Cool." And from Detroit, he was a Patriots fan since the mid '90s. The Patriots were bad; they were very bad. But he was consistent in his fandom. He was even more consistent when the bad turned to good and the losing turned to winning. But you're not going to sit here and say that the losing did not happen. No, 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 no. 
No, I'm, I can't get out of that. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Absolutely I'll, not. I'll say, I'll, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So, uh, the culture. What about this culture? What about the Miami Hurricane as a football team? What right. about the culture? drew you to this team I mean as a student it's one thing but not everybody's into football I know you that's different for you but mm-hmm. what about this culture just made you just want to go to games I mean it was it was what everybody did first of all um, and you, if you don't know when you're a student at the University of Miami your cane card gets you a free ticket to every sporting event like literally like baseball basketball football women's sports that are you every you're you just swipe in boom you're good so it wasn't like we had to fight the lottery like at some of the big schools like i had friends who went to michigan and they're like cool yeah i put in a lottery to get a ticket or two tickets and we'll see if it happens no you were guaranteed a seat and you know i had seen some miami football from detroit you know just a little bit but i was like okay cool like it's a Saturday, like it's college, it's an experience. Yeah, I'm gonna hop on the Metro Rail, go over here and you know, either walk if we went early or take the bus from the stop over to Little Havana and everything to, to the stadium. And I mean, after that opening game, like I didn't need to see anything else to let me know that that's where I needed to be every time that we had a game, whether it was a Thursday night um, or a Saturday, like I was just gonna be over there. Um, yeah, it was just, it was infectious and the team was really damn good, you know? So uh, that also helped. But yeah, it was just that party atmosphere. The, uh, the, the student section was great, um, you know, and it, it's good when you're whooping up on people, you know what I mean? So just seeing excellence up close, um, it, w- it was really good. You know, I knew that we had championship aspirations coming into the 2000 season, unfortunately uh, dropped that second game at Washington and then ran the table. Like it, it was one of those things we did not lose, like we didn't lose. Like, we lost the second game in my freshman year, and then we didn't lose until game eight of my senior year because, no, we didn't lose that Fiesta Bowl, you cheating goddamn mother. Anyway, um, (laughs) but every week you went and you knew you were going to win. Like, it was just, it it, it was the best. I mean, it was at one of, and we've been blessed in the past of the Miami Hurricanes program to have many different high points. I was there at the most recent one, and, I mean, it was just, it was great, you know, like you, you just, you know, I went to the game day when they were down here before, uh, you know, they would set up at the Orange Bowl site, uh, you know, when I was in college uh, for a Florida State game, you go and you see that, uh, you know, those games were amazing and everything, but it was just, you couldn't escape it and you didn't want to just because the team was so great that you wanted to be there at every step along the way. You know, for me, and you're a little bit older than me, you're, th- so I'm 30 and if, if just by, if you do your math, I was I was in about I was just starting middle school when this when Butch Davis and those 2000 2001 2002 teams were going along. I was in middle school, so you know you're. I understand. You know, I never thought I'd understand how you know young kids now. You know, in the in the basketball realm, they love the Warriors, right? That everyone jumped on that bandwagon. Well, everyone jumped on this bandwagon, and for me, it was like, oh, my team's good. Right. And I know what it's like. And, you know, it, it was just a, an era of dom- of pure dominance. I mean, every single player, you know, that you see in college is like a superstar in the NFL at that point. I mean, you could go down the list. I mean, you could list any. I mean, Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, Vince Wilfork, Andre Johnson, Reggie. Do I have to keep going? I mean, I could keep going and I'd name off half the Hall of Famer. I could give off maybe 10, 12 Hall of Famers. But you get the point. So, you know, that's what gets you just hyped up about the team. And then I got kind of to high school and, well, the team kind of took a turn for the – I want for the proverbial worse. It was right around that. It wasn't t- proverbial. <laughs> it was actual. Go look at the records. It was, it, we it, see was, it. it was kind of bad. So, and then I got a little hope as I was getting out of high school. Me, uh, you know, I saw the Ja'Cory Harris era. I'm like, oh, okay, things are coming back. And then, well, it didn't. And then I got out golden and that didn't turn out right. And, well, you know, we then now we're here. So I saw a lot of different. I saw highs and lows, but the one thing I saw was 
the fan base never, for the most part, the core fan base, you have those those fake fans that just fall off and they want to come back when when everything's good. You know, when the Notre Dame game happens and Trajan Bandy picks off somebody and, oh, and he high steps his way to the end. Oh, okay, cool. You can come back then. That's fine. But for the for us real Hurricane fans, we always, we could be 0-11 and we're still better than you. Right? That's, that's just how mm-hmm. it is. That's how it is. It's this swagger of, Look, we are the worst team in the we're we're the worst team in the whatever if, whether it's the Big East, whether it's the ACC. We're still, by the way, if we're zero and eleven, we're still going to send five six guys to the NFL, and they and if five out of five or six guys, three of them are going to make it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're still better than you. Regard, I can always say, well, I do have three guys in the Super Bowl. I do have three guys that made it in the NFL. I can always say something that is always going to say I'm better than you. At anything you do when it comes to college football, and I, for me, the fact of in this culture, I can always troll that school that I went to up north. You know, I can always troll those guys by saying you're still a little brother and you want to be everything we really are. I see no lies. So before we kind of put a bow on this whole reunion thing, we have to have story time. I know Cam, you have story times for days. Make sure you have, we'll, we'll talk a little story time and good stuff. PG at, at worst. I don't want to get in trouble with you. I don't want to get in too much trouble. Um, yeah. I mean like, and look, like I got, I got stories, man. And oh, I know when you I was do. a teacher, like, bro, like <laughs> that was a thing, you know, like if we had, you know, like a lockdown, and so like we had extended time or whatever, or it was like a very lightly attended class. Where I'm like, cool, what I wanted to do, I can't do today. So whatever, we're gonna hang out and uh, you know do a little bit, and then you know whatever. Like, oh, they always love story time, and you know I hope that you guys do too. So we'll have a little story time, and I want you to think about this when we come back on the other side. Ooh. The greatest hurricane of all time on the other side. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Canes is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hurricanes fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, but a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hurricanes fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, and they can't wait to support yours. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We can't wait to hear from you. All right, so Cam, we had story time and the greatest hurricane of all time. The, we'll start with the greatest hurricane of all time because I'm going to put you on the spot for this one. And, oh, and you cannot back out of this one. You got to give I'm me. I'm not backing out. Okay, you got to give me Never an answer. Do. You got to give me an answer. Do we want to break this into offense and defense, or do we want to just say overall greatest hurricane of all time? Get a boss. Let's give it offense and defense, only because I mean, th- I mean, there's so many great players. I don't want to disrespect anybody. Give me your greatest hurricane on the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, you can go back as far as you want. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think back, man. Um... I'm going to have to go with one of the quarterbacks. Ooh. Um, Testaverde. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. Toretta. Toretta. Okay. I would say it's between those two. And we've had some great ones. Obviously, Jim Kelly, Kim Dorsey, uh, you know, even Craig Erickson, Brad Kaya to uh, – a different extent, but still very. Yeah, good. I was gonna say Brad Kaya doesn't get in that. A, a different, a different, a different, okay. a different thing. I'm not saying that they're all the same. I'm saying we've had some very yeah, good, we quarterbacks. good quarterbacks. And look, Brad Kaya is the career passing leader, so he he gets, merits he gets at a least seat at the table. Reference. He gets a seat. At exactly. The table. Okay. He's here. Um, I'm not gonna say that he's gonna. You know, he he's he gets there. a seat at the, at the kids' table. It's it's connected. I, I, no, no. I'm, okay, look. If we're doing the nominees, you know, for the award, mm-hmm. he's a nominee. 
I'm not gonna say he's gonna win, but he had a solid performance. And, okay. Uh, yeah, everything. But I would I would say it's probably between Toretta or Testaverde. Um, it's the most important position of the game. They were just physical specimens, uh, and their their performance was exemplary. Um, and yeah, I know that that is to discount, or not discount, but it's there's so many players. I, I mean, mean, I mean, you got Kozar. I mean, you. Oh my God! Yeah, you got Bernie Kozar too. You got look all of the running backs. All of Everyone. them. Anyone that you're thinking, yes. All of the wide receivers. Anyone that you're thinking, tight yes. Ends, all yeah. of the tight ends. All of the offensive line. I mean, there are so many. But I think the quarterback is such a singular position that mm-hmm. it has to be between those two for me. For me, offensively, I, I think game changer. I think guy that if, if I got – if I have, let's say, two minutes left in the game, and that's quarterback included, um, mm-hmm. two minutes left in the game, who's getting the ball? Whether it's quarterback putting it in somebody's hands or, you know, receiver, tight end, somebody making a play. And it was, for me, it was easily between one Michael Irvin, uh, the playmaker, and also I I have to, I really, really want to let under people understand how good one Duke Johnson was because one Duke Johnson really and and I and that's really I mean I'm I can get a lot of flack for that one but for two and a half years you broke a I mean two and a half years you broke a rushing record that stood for what 20 plus years mm-hmm. that's tough to do that's very tough to do quarterback is mm-hmm. also one of those things that you really, I mean, he's the. You don't have one. You that's the difference between your national championship and and not having one. So I would have to say, I'd have to go to Retta with all of that. With, and I talked myself out of the receiver one because they're so dependent. Um, but Toretta just he was such a great quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it was very. I mean. Give me five quarterbacks over time throughout co- the history of college football that were better, and I'm and I mean I'm not saying like the dual threat guys that are all there are running. I'm talking pure passers. Give me five guys that were just truly better on any given weekend. Mm, I'm I'm willing to bet you can't. Right. I'll go Gino Toretto. I'm with it. Yeah, I mean no uh, no controversy for me. I think that those that that's a great pick. On the defensive side, this one was the tough one because, I mean, we could we – Like the could, offense wasn't tough? <laughs> the defense, I think, was even tougher because we're linebacker you. We could easily be safety you. We could easily probably uh, – I won't go D-line. I won't be too – I won't go too far. We could easily be secondary you, right? So, uh-huh. I mean, Sean Taylor – I'm just going to be honest. It's probably Sean Taylor for me simply because he was my favorite player uh, coming up as a kid. I mean, just seeing what he did on the football field is just different. I mean, that that's no disrespect to Vince Wilfork, Ray Lewis. Again, my high school alumni. Um, other guys like Dan Morgan, Michael Barrow. I mean, I could gain tons of intro role. Ed Reed. Me and Ed Reed, I gotta. Me and Ed Reed gotta have a, a cigar session. I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I gotta make that happen. Um, but yeah, you could have so many guys, but Sean Taylor for me, I pay. If I could, if I could have, you know, those that question they ask all the time. If you could bring back one athlete, Sean Taylor for one day, one play, one moment, Sean Taylor would probably be that guy. Okay. All right. Um, okay. I, I, I accept that. Uh, I think that maybe that this is a difference for me between best and favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, best, and again, just like on offense, you could go at any position, D-end, D-tackle, linebacker, cornerback, safety, and list off all of your favorite players and all of the ones who did the best on whatever stat, uh, sorry, statistic or metric uh, that you possibly could look up or know. I mean, I said it before, and I got to say it again. The single most decorated player at any position in the history of the Miami Hurricanes football program, I'm going to call him the best, Dan Morgan. 
I can I can see that simply because you I mean you are the most you you've collected the whole you he collected every trophy. You can't I mean and go and like people hear that and they're like, nah, 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 nah. he was that good. He was that good. Literally every trophy a defensive player could win from his position, he won. And the overall defensive player position or awards in his senior year, consistence first team all American, uh I mean, just the statistics that are off the charts. I mean, and look, I know. You can say, well, what about Sapp? What about Jerome Brown? God rest his soul. What about, what about, what about? I'm not going to say that there's not an argument there because the Miami Hurricanes have been blessed to have such incredible talent on the program or play for this program over the course of time. But to me, the best defender in the history of the program has to be Dan Morgan and then every you know, and the conversation starts there for me, and then I'm willing to entertain anything else. But to me, yeah, it's 44. Uh, sorry, that 44 that because 44. we've had multiple. Yeah, that, that 44. 44 yeah, Morgan. yeah. I, I can agree with you. I can I can kind of see where you're going with that one. Um, if anybody else, it would probably. I know Ray Lewis at one time said he'd be the greatest to walk off walk out of the University of Miami yeah, as a, as a Miami Hurricane. That, that's great, but I don't. I look at him more as the one of the greatest linebacker in the NFL. Not. Yes. I can give you five linebackers just off the top of my head. I could, I'd probably take mm, at some point in time over Ray Lewis in college. But um, in, college in college was the last part of that. He swallowed that. I want to hear that. In I want to say yes in college. In college, now I have to, and you have to separate that because the Twitter warriors. I can feel, I can feel the Twitter fingers going already. I can, Hold on, do you hear it? Yeah, you hear the typing? <laughs> yeah, I can feel the Twitter warriors already. <laughs> I mean, oh, he he said no. Go back and listen. I said. In college, in college, I mean, I could probably give you five just in the last ten years who were who had better careers, you know. But some guys they they're they're just better in the NFL, so that's that's a whole right. different thing. Ed Reed kind of changed was a difference maker for me too, and for me, my guy. Well I mean, he was. I mean, he's considered again, and he's probably what would I say greatest safety all time in college? No, but greatest safety in the NFL? Yes. Yes, so it's one of those things. If you separate out, for me, it's favorite player meets just everything about what you what you look for. What I look for in a safety doesn't exist anymore because I've only seen one of them. He was a he was a unicorn. I don't say it again. Yeah, he, what you look for in a safety you can't see because it doesn't exist anymore because they only made one. Exactly, of those. he was a unicorn. I've seen I've seen different versions. That may kind of do one or two things. Cam Chancellor, um, well, um, Mays at USC, Taylor Mays at USC. They all were imposters, but I've never seen the real deal. Never seen the real deal. Size. Well, you've seen it once. I've seen. Outside, rest his soul, yeah, outside you know, of the original. It. I've never seen the remix. You know, they have Jordan. He's the original. Kobe, rest his soul, was the remix. I've never seen the remix. Never seen the remix. Just saying. So. No, you're right. But to put a bow on this whole reunion thing, story time. What is oh, your? Yeah. What is the one? And, and you don't. Ha, you don't have to go into super detail. But what is your one story that you kind of cling to when it comes to the University of Miami? Only one. My God. Wow. Um, if you if it was your last thing you told anybody about your experience with the University geez. of Miami, whether it was a game, a moment in in time as a student, anything like that, what is your greatest memory or moment? Oh man, I that is a really tough question, and I'm not even putting on for the microphone. Um, sheesh, wow. Let's give a couple. Because I can't, I cannot. That's give fine. Just you can one. give a couple. That's I can't. Fine. I cannot. I cannot. Um, I would say 2000 Miami Florida State. Uh, that was the first time I ever seen that game in person. I watched it on television growing up, um, and you know, being a musician and everything. Like, of course, like you know, I know all the fight songs. Everybody heard that war chant and everything, and everybody in the Orange Bowl was cheering. I remember, and the Florida State band was at the end of the horseshoe on the visitor's sideline, you know, and they took up like the whole lower bowl because they have like 500 members in the marching band. And I just remember the drum major getting up and you know that whistle because you hear the whistle everywhere. Deep, deep, 
deet, 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 and you just hear the drum fill coming in, and the first downbeat of that war chant, it was like feeling the hot sun from 10 feet away. It was a wall of sound like I'd never heard. And I was just like, oh my God, this is different. Okay. Um, 2003 against Florida, Devin Hester, uh, my buddy Matt Carter, shout out to him. He was the holder on extra points and field goals. Um, and he took over the 11 jersey after Ken Dorsey left. He was in the special teams meeting and told us that Devin Hester said, get the ball, take the ball. I'm going to take the opening kickoff back against Florida. And he did that. Um, and after having heard that after the special teams meeting on Wednesday, I went crazy for that. Um, that was pretty awesome. Santana Moss uh, saving me from getting pounded into the dirt um, for cutting between the football player benches in front of the memorial building when I was late covering for a shift on somebody at my job and running to a test my freshman year. That was pretty dope. Um, shout out to Santana who kept me from getting absolutely just obliterated by two offensive linemen. Um, what else? I mean, the other one is like, it's personal. And I, I mean, because I'm a person and everything, but we, so I was a music student, if you did not know this. I was a singer. I was in the top choirs at the University of Miami um, for four years. And we performed really well. So we went to the Super Bowl of Choir, basically, the American Choral Directors uh, National Convention in New York City in 2003. And we performed at Avery Fisher Hall in uh, the Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts. And I remember it was like, so the, the stairwell was very steep and narrow. And I just remember it almost being like, uh, you know, if you know from Friday Night Lights, how they were in the locker room before the performance and mm -hmm. everybody's getting hyped up and everything. But it was that energy, but very quiet. And we went on stage, and my spot was at the end of the third row, all the way on the left-hand side of the stage as you're looking at it. So I got to my spot, and I stood there. And I opened my folder. Actually, no, we didn't have folders because all of my music was memorized. So we're just standing there, and I blinked. And it was silent. And I couldn't remember if we were going to start or finish because I was so in the zone of that performance at the biggest venue that I've ever been in with the best choir that I will ever be in in my entire life. That was our championship year. That 03 season or 03 school year was our 2001 football season analogy. And I was so focused in the moment, I couldn't remember. I was just in the moment of that performance. And then I heard people clapping because apparently we had finished and had a legendary kind of performance. Um, and for me, in that venue, at, for that convention, with the people that I was with, that camaraderie and everything, that is a moment that I will always remember. For me, so many times I've seen like great moments, and I'll definitely say, and, and unfortunately, one of the, the moment that broke my heart the most, and, and it's it's I didn't say good or bad. Um, that Fiesta Bowl still st I, I've. Still say I'm still wondering has is that guy off the milk carton yet? Because I haven't heard. Wait, of, wait, 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 wait! But I thought you said that losses don't happen. So what are we talking? Loss, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. That moment, I remember the following day going back to school because, you know, I always say I want the one school. There's only two schools I hate the most. I don't. I respect Florida State, and yeah, the Locked On Florida State people can say anything they want, and Knoll Nation, whatever you guys want to say. I'm slightly a part of you, unfortunately, but I respect you guys. But there's actually, I'm sorry, there's three: the people in Gainesville. I don't, ref, I don't refer to them by their name. Uh, the people in in um, South Bend, I definitely don't repeat their name at all. And the and the tree nuts in in um, in Columbus, the acorns. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Um, Unfortunately, it took me a long time to actually get over that. And it's and I still don't, you know, I I won't say I root against those guys anymore, but I don't, I mean, if they lose, I'm not hurt by it. Okay? So, yeah, so like Clemson beating them, I wasn't hurt by it. You're better than me. I wasn't hurt by it. I was, but yeah. I won't go like destroy them on Twitter or anything. There are three teams that I root for in any week of college football in this order. Number one, the Miami Hurricanes, my alma mater. 
Number two, the University of Michigan Wolverines, the team of my youth where I have multiple family members who went there and even one friend who played there. And number three, whoever's playing against Ohio State. That's who I root for every week. Yeah, that I mean, that 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 sounds about out of the Detroit part. Well, yeah, yeah, no, Hatfields and McCoys. No, I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. There's no. That could, that 2003 Fiesta Bowl could not have gone worse. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no team that I detest and despise more than the Acorns, more than the people from the state south of Michigan. Absolutely. I still don't understand not. how people from South Florida even go there. I bro, mean, I, I don't bro. understand. It, I understand. Well, I mean, the, okay, the Bolsas The Bolsas, I can understand them. I can understand right, them. Yeah. They're different. That's, but, they get a pass. But everybody else. Bro, no, no. Everybody no, else, I don't understand it. I don't. That is, they are the unmitigated worst. And, like, I just, I couldn't do it. And you remember that ESPNU commercial where they had people who, like, were in relationships or dating from, like, different fandoms and mm-hmm. things like that. And, like, the one guy jumped out of the car. Or yeah, whatever, you know, I like, remember that. Remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Look, man, I was younger, and I was dating uh, someone, and I found out that that was <laughs> Say it ain't her so. primary fandom. Say it ain't so. And, yeah, no, that was a deal breaker. Like it really because and the thing about it is like there's not a time that that's okay for me. There's not a time that I can turn that off. That's not a time where oh we're gonna go and watch that game or oh we're gonna go or to have that. I I'm sorry. Like no. Like and the thing about it is if you're a sports fan, you know what I mean. Like a a serious sports fan, that's going to be part of your life. You're gonna have the stuff. You're gonna have the stories. You're gonna have watch the games. You're gonna like the and I couldn't divorce that it's kind of from you know so i had to say look it's been real it's been fun it's been real fun i wish you all the best goodbye the other the other moment that i said and i thought i'd never i didn't think this would ever happen simply because for for so long miami's not been a good or even great team but the fact that we got not one but two documentaries and i got a chance to kind of kind of meet and talk with uh, Billy Corbin from Rockator and, and those guys. And I mean, just understanding the, the, what went into that. Yeah. It was a recap of everything that's gone on, but it's just the fact that I still, that brought joy to my, to my heart to go and say, did you watch that? Our documentary on ESPN in primetime after the Heisman trophy presentation to anybody that was not a Miami hurricane fan that in itself and probably that Florida game, that Devin Hester performance was just, I mean, just anytime. I'm, you, I'm sorry. And I have to ask just because there were multiple. You're talking about the bowl game? The bowl game. Yeah, that the bowl, yeah, yeah. The bowl game. Yes. The bowl game. Because. See, oh, oh, the Sugar Bowl. Because yeah, we won the fight on the street and on the, yeah, on the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always ask. I wonder if Alex Brown's black eye ever went down. That big <laughs> knot on his head. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, look. Look, I mean, punks jump up to get knocked down, you know, like run up, get done up. Y'all ran up and <laughs> talked like you were about that. Okay, they, I think you they see for, what happens. I think they forgot who we were. And, you know, I I don't know. It, there was so much talent on the field then. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, one day I just, I need that talent back. I see the talent. Though I see very various in various iterations of those types of teams. Granted, those teams don't pull it all together. But I see the I see the comparisons year in and year out of oh that guy reminds me of him and well that guy reminds me of him and then it doesn't work out but nonetheless you see the talent so over time I think it will come together it's going to take a lot of work it's going to take a lot of spending money I, I hope you guys heard me over at the administration uh, down in Coral Gables it takes spending money. So, you know, because it's an arms race in college football. You can't just throw. Scared money don't make money. Yeah, you can't just. Nick Saban doesn't just show you rings anymore. Bobby Bowden doesn't show up at your house and show you rings. Well, they kind of. Let me stop because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, Uh, especially with recruiting coming around. But let us know what you think. Who is the greatest hurricane, whether it's on the offensive side, defensive side, or just overall? Let us know on Twitter 
at Locked On Canes. Also, if you have story time for us, let us know what your story, your greatest story uh, of the Miami Hurricanes is, whether it was a moment, whether it was a, a, a heartbreaking loss, I hope it wasn't, or, or a just a win that you're like, oh, I tell my friends about this one every time because they are, they're Florida and we, we beat them every time or Florida State or whoever it is. Uh, I mean, I have, I've never seen a loss to Oklahoma in my life. Well, actually I did. So, but nonetheless, um, whoever it is. So let us know on Twitter at Locked on Canes. You can follow Cam on Twitter at Locked on Canes and you can follow myself on Twitter. Wait, what? What? That's not my. I'm sorry. You can follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. I'm sorry. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I got hyped a little bit. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. Uh, we'll take all the smoke. Oh, and before we get out of here, I can't because by the time we reconvene next week, we'll have a Super Bowl champion, and my New England Patriots won't be defending champions anymore. Good. God, I hate that. Um, Wonderful. Give me a quick Super Bowl pick. Um, the Chiefs. Why not? Ooh, any scores? Any scores? Nope. No scores? Lots, okay. I mean, lots of them because Mahomes is going to go off and they're going to stifle the running game for uh, the 49ers enough where they're going to force Jimmy G to beat them and he won't be able to. Mm. So the Chiefs more than the 49ers just because I don't think that he has it in him to sit out there and dot them up. I mean, he is a two-time Super Bowl. Never mind. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, anyways. Uh, okay, cool. So he's the two-time <laughs> Super Bowl winner, so give me those two off of Tom Brady's record then <laughs> since you're claiming Jimmy Garoppolo as a – See them. Hey, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, but yeah. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did. All right. So you open the door, and I feel like we're on law and order, and you asked about the thing that the judge said that you couldn't ask about, and now I can cross-examine and bring that back up because you brought it up. I didn't say nothing about that. Go back and go back and check the record. Play it back. There it is. All right. So for me, I, my, initial, uh, my initial thought after the, the NFC title game was – that the 49ers would win a very close one. But after really thinking about it, I know the 49ers have a good defense. I know they do. But their offense isn't going to come up with any points. I don't see where I don't see where the points are coming from if you stop the run. Um, Pat Mahomes, this just seems like the team of destiny. Last year, they just they found a way to, I mean, you know, you know what happened. So this year, I think, and I, and I love Andy Reid, so um, – I, I really hope he wins one. So I'm going to take the Chiefs 42-24. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a blowout. I really do. Well, okay. I'm with it. So let us know what you think also on your Super Bowl pick. Let us know again locked on Canes and we'll take all the smoke. We'll be we'll be able to know who that Super Bowl winner is uh on when we reconvene next week. And before you do that, be sure that you like and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, Stitcher uh, Google Play, uh, the Google uh, Music app, wherever you get it. Like, subscribe, give us five stars. You do that, and uh, I'll, let the, I'll let the crowd do the rest. D-F-A-D-F-A.